Hey guys, I appreciate you tuning in to another podcast with Grow with Ruben. And I uh, wanted to give a, a quick shout out to City Inside Houston, you know, uh, getting your best leases, agents working the best for you and your behalf on finding you the next best home for you, uh, whether it's new construction, resale, or even a loft or an apartment. Um, hit us up at cityinsidehouston.com. Uh, yeah, but uh, other than that, I have Eric in the house working the controls, and then a uh, very Nice to have Jingo here in the house. Uh, we used to train together. I won't say too much. I'm going to let him tell us his story. And we're just going to go over a few things that we were just talking about. And uh, I've seen it personally in Jingo's lifestyle and just uh, how you actually do in, uh, in jiu-jitsu, man. Uh, it's actually pretty amazing how you, uh, you're very disciplined when it comes to training like you know you were completely on it like those times where um we would be rolling and i'm just like I'm, I'm so done i'm so done and you're like you're still going after a whole entire class so how you doing man i'm good man how you doing i'm doing pretty good i appreciate you asking how's uh how's moving back to houston it's been good so far um decided to take challenges yeah that's a mentality that has served pretty well yeah it's the mentality of it's almost like intentionally putting yourself in tough situations. Yeah. Just see who you come out out of it. You know. Right. Instead of just being like, okay, let me just go through life, just do this and do that. Yeah. Which there's nothing wrong with that. There's yeah, nothing wrong with choosing to have a, you know, more laid back approach. Yeah. But intentionally putting yourself in challenging situations, it will teach you way more. Like in, this this might sound like an exaggeration, but I'm not even joking. Yeah. You learn more in like ten minutes than you would like six months just like you know going back and forth because like in those moments you have to like make decisions like okay this came up what you gonna do you know that comes up what's your response what's your reaction how are you gonna prevent that from happening so i find that the lifestyle of you know seeking challenges almost like a drug addict six drugs you know yeah seeking challenges okay so kind of seeking the challenge is it's more like a thrill for you like it's on the hunt for something that's challenging because I, I, you know, I see it with a lot of people too that, you know, they kind of put themselves in a situation where they're just going to coast. You know, they're not going to uh, stress themselves even more than what they have to. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm glad that you said that because you're, you're absolutely right. Kind of, you know, challenging yourself a little bit more pushes you to learn faster. So that's crazy. That, yeah, that, that's, uh, that totally makes sense, man. So tell me about yourself. What, what have you been up to? Uh, what do you do? Well, recently, back when I graduated about two years ago, yeah. I was really big into like wrestling and jiu-jitsu when I was in college. Yeah. But since then, I decided to focus more on career and growing myself professionally. Right. It's just a personal decision. It's not any excuse or anything. I'm not going to say, oh, work out in the way or this. It's yeah. something I decided to do. Because other people, they just... They just go all in. Like some yeah. guys just actually just move to Brazil and like sleep in the gym, yeah. and like they make like I don't know <laughs> nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but they somehow just make it work. Yeah. So I just decided not to take that route. I decided right. to take a different route. Yeah. And I found myself in the healthcare industry, working more on the business side of things, and just learning and growing that way. And yeah. it's really been presenting good types of challenges, right. and it forced me to learn. Just like how jujitsu has forced me to learn and adapt and evolve. Yeah. But I found that really a lot of those principles through jujitsu and through wrestling is what's carrying me forward today in anything, not just in professionally, personal relationships, and um, building skills. Yeah. It's almost like there's there's a method and a system to gaining skills yeah. and then building relationships that create the outcomes that we look for. Okay. So with jiu-jitsu and wrestling, do you think that that gave you kind of the discipline to be able to uh, you know, decide, to look clearly and decide, you know what, um, I'm going to use this kind of mentality, how I use in the gym, to grow successfully in your, you know, in your career. Yeah. So do you think that translated from uh, jiu-jitsu and uh, wrestling at all? Yeah, so the key word that you just mentioned is decide. Yeah. Because that's one of the most critical things that martial arts can teach you. Yeah. Because, let's take jiu-jitsu for example, right? Mm-hmm. When you're sparring, or even when you're in a competition, really it's supposed to be lifestyle at least that's the ideal situation that you're going to do this until you pretty much die right and with that mentality that we're taught to let our egos go into tap like somebody gets you in a tough position and an arm bar a chokehold you accept defeat you accept okay you got me 
you would have killed me if this was a real fight. Yeah. And then you go at it again. And you can do that a hundred times. You can do it a thousand times. Right. You do it as many times as you need. But at the same time, you also need to learn that, hey, just because you're in an uncomfortable situation, like, I think you could relate to this. Yeah. With some guy who's like 300 pounds and he has like a hairy chest yeah. and he's just like smashing your face yeah. and you just have to get out of that. It's right. like, sometimes you have to get out of it, you, you know? Have to, yeah. And it's like, it really teaches you the decision-making ability. Yeah. Okay, this, this is going to kind of sound redundant. Okay. The, the ability to make decisions, decision-making ability to make decisions about what decisions to make. Okay, okay. I think I'm following, yeah. Okay. So, like, what I mean by that is when you're in a match, right? Yeah. You have to decide what the best position to use is. You have to decide, like, if you're losing and he got you, to just tap and then go at it another day. Right. You know, you don't, you don't have to win every one. You're not going to win True. every one. You're not going to be undefeated. So much competition. When, or if you're in a tough position, to keep going and keep fighting because yeah. this is an opportunity you have. But you're going to learn something that you wouldn't have otherwise learned. Right. Like, I was never a big guy. Yeah. The heaviest I've, I've ever been is how I am now. And that's 165 pounds. And that's... Wow. Relatively mm -hmm. not that big, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. and whenever I go against huge guys, yeah. it literally just feels like somebody's getting a brick and just slam it against your oh. face. But it's not like if they're constantly hitting you, they're just putting it in your face, like, yeah, they're just holding you there. You use your weight a lot, <laughs> and they just, they, they're just sitting there, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just gonna chill here <laughs> for about five minutes and rest on you, yeah, right? pretty much. <laughs> pretty much easy as a human pillow, yeah. So, in those situations, I was like, okay, this feels like terrible, you know. Yeah. I can't even breathe. At least it feels like you can't breathe. You feel yeah. like you're getting crushed. Right. But really, it's like if you just move a little bit and you do this and you do that, yeah. then you're able to get yourself out of it. But then on the flip side, there are other scenarios against guys who are much smaller, who are very skilled and very technical. Yeah. They might catch me in something, and I'm like, you know what? I could fight my way out of this. I could just go out there and like, okay, you know what? Let me just <laughs> figure something out. Or that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but sometimes like I'll just tap out before it's even like really there yeah because i know like hey i should have even got myself in there in the first place that's true so i think like yep yeah, like deciding what decisions to make yeah i hope like that kind of makes it come together it does like, come yeah. together a lot clearer um yeah man totally there too uh i'm probably one of those guys too that like people hate in the gym to roll with because like i'll get caught in something i'm just like damn it you know like and i'm pretty sure that their thought is like man let me at least finish technique you know so uh so no that's that's crazy and i also that also happens to me when i take um i take long breaks you know it's not that i want to take long breaks but like for example i want to get to jujitsu every tuesday and thursdays at 6 30. by the time i get out of here and I hit traffic, I'm going to be like 30 minutes late. So obviously scheduling is a, a, hit, a huge issue, but that's just an excuse at the end of the day, obviously. Um, so, you know, every time that I try to go, I try to pick up again and I try to, you know, get back into that routine of like, all right, well, my first issue is always going to be stamina, right? And then uh, once you get that back up, then... Um, I feel like I fall into that place where I'm, you know what, let me just focus on work. And then that kind of stamina goes away, everything that I build up. And then I start to procrastinate. You know, I start to procrastinate to do anything that I really need to do here in the office. And I don't even think about, like, oh, shit, I need to get to the gym. So it brings me to another thing that is, like, a big problem when it comes to, you know, being disciplined is that people procrastinate on everything and people don't think about, you know, that there's a time limit on, you know, youth. Everybody has their youth, right? You're not going to be 55 or 60. I mean, you can be, but if you want to take advantage of what you got now, you know, procrastination is a huge issue. So when it comes to that, even with you, you know, you probably, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if you have any quotas at work or something that you need to do. You know, some people wait till last minute to, to get that work done. How do you stay away from procrastination and, you know, putting yourself behind? Well, procrastination and indecision pretty much go hand in hand. Yeah. And I think by now everybody knows that I love decision making. Yeah. <laughs> so procrastination, a guy put it to me. Sorry, we got we got we got some disturbers here. <laughs> Fantastic. There we go. Yeah. Alright, so I met up a gentleman about two years ago. He put it to me in a way which, it was a simple one-liner, but like, I always keep it in my brain. And it's this, 
Procrastination is simply making a decision to not make a decision at that moment. Procrastination is, repeat that one more time. Is making the decision. Making the decision. To not make a decision at that moment. I see. Until you're forced to make a decision. I see. I see. So basically, uh, basically what you're saying is that like you're deciding to to stay, you know, to procrastinate. Like that's what you have chosen to do. So, uh, so you basically at the end of the day kind of just fraction fractions it down to make that decision to like do it. Totally get it. Totally get it. So, man, I watch you on Instagram, and uh, if you want to spell out your Instagram so anybody on here can go and check you out. Uh, what's that Instagram username? Well, it's going to be my first name and then underscore my last name. So it's Ahmad, A-H-M-A-D, underscore, Jingo is J-I-N-G-O. That's awesome, man. And uh, your, uh, you know, when I, when I watch your, when I wake up, your stories. So what, one of the things that I do is that I used to have, you know, just a crowded Instagram page, right? So I've had somewhere around 6,000 followers or something. But I also followed maybe like 3,000 people. So um, at the time, sorry, thank you. So at the time, uh, I was getting stories from just like so many people, people that I didn't even, I didn't even know. Um, and then I was, you know, trying these things where I was kind of messing with the algorithm and I deleted a whole bunch, a whole bunch of people that I just didn't engage with and that didn't engage with me so I can increase engagement on, you know, social media, but it didn't do that. And it didn't work. Uh, Instagram is like very slow, uh, to do any kind of engagement. But what I did notice is that I see the stories that I want to see. So I come across your stories because I wake up pretty early, you know, 5.30, 6. And by that time, you already have your first story up in the day, like around 4.30, ready to go. So is that just a thing that you do? You just wake up every day really, really early? Yeah, so there was a book I read called Sleep Smarter by Sean Stevenson. Uh-huh. He really gives a lot. It's like very detailed and comprehensive of tips to have healthier sleep and how sleep actually impacts your life. And he made a statement in that book which really got me thinking. It's a lot of people schedule their exercise and sleep around their life, but really it should be the other way around. If you first schedule, I'm gonna lift at this time with jiu-jitsu or whatever, and then you schedule your sleep schedule, and then you figure out how to do all your work in between. Hmm. Because when it comes to like, you know, being an entrepreneur, like working a job or whatever you're doing, it's important to pay the bills, but you're not gonna be optimal at that if you're not optimal. And sleep is one of the most important, if not the most important thing you could do to make sure you're optimal. And I remember one concept in his book was timing of sleep. So the concept of sleep begins not when, it's not at 7 p.m. when you're like, okay, just got home, time to take a shower and go to bed. That's not when good sleep actually begins. Good sleep actually begins the moment you wake up. Or even argue it begins like the day before, you know. Mm. The moment you wake up, it's good to get sunlight in. We all know about like circadian rhythms, the biology of the body. Yeah. And to lift at that time or exercise or get your body moving in the morning and then throughout so that you have energy throughout the day and then naturally we start to feel some sort of decline like in the afternoon like maybe two three or four yeah and then around the evening time we're going to be in bed ideally but interestingly enough we live in a culture where like people it's, it's cool to like you know be up until like 2 a.m especially these high school kids yeah but what they don't recognize is like i know a lot of people know this feeling of whenever you go to bed Let's just say, um, sorry, when you stay up, let's just say you stay up at 10 or 11, mm-hmm. then you suddenly get this second wind. Like yeah. you feel groggy at 7 p.m., then you suddenly get a second wind. Yeah. It's because their hormones and neurochemicals your body releases at that time, that's optimal for recovery. That's optimal for, like, let's say you lift weights to recover your muscles, to recover your brain power, to recover everything you do. Yeah. All that is optimal, and it's released, like, roughly in that 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. range. Okay. But a lot of people, instead of taking advantage of that, they just, you know, go to party and this and that. Yeah. Then they go to sleep at 3 a.m. and they wake up at 9 a.m. They wonder why they still feel so tired. But a lot, I found that if I actually make it a point to be in bed between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m., first of all, my body doesn't really need much of an alarm clock. It wakes up and it only needs like maybe six to almost seven hours of sleep. Hmm. And it actually gets bad because if I go to bed, like let's just say nine and I wake up at four, right? 
I might be able to be awake and at alert from 4 a.m. until like 2 a.m. the next day because the body has recovered so well that it's like, oh, <laughs> all this energy. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the tough part is actually making the habit keep going to bed at the same time. But that's really the science behind why I chose to like sleep in that optimal time frame yeah. and then how it affects the rest of the day. Because you wake up at 4.30, you get your lift out of the way. By 5.45, like, you're ready to start your day. You know? yeah. Whereas uh, most people are... If they're even waking up at 5.45, you know, they'll wake up at 6 and have to go to work and then, you know. They're just, rushing to work, yeah. Yeah. This is a good time to clear the brain because you do, if you wake up early, you do a tough workout and yeah. then you have time to clear your brain and then go to work, there's not a single thing that's going to happen that's going to frustrate you. So you do work out in the morning before you even go to work. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. In the morning, get your workout in. That's... And then you're already home and you're in bed by, you said, 7, 8? No, no, not, not that bad. I'll say like... 10, 9 to 10. 10, 9? Yeah. Okay. Do you drink any kind of energy drink during the day, coffee or anything like that? Oh, no. No? Okay. I love uh, Red Bulls, so <laughs> I'm, I'm like on the daily uh, Red Bull dose. But uh, <clears throat> so now that you, now that you uh, have this kind of regimen that you're in, what do you do to kind of measure so, like, for example, if you're lifting weights, right, every two weeks or something, you try to, uh, I'm going to sound so geeky here, uh, but you try to PR, right? Uh, did I say that correctly? Is that the right term? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, every two weeks, right? So, you, you see results by the increase of weights. So, what metrics do you use to be like, you know what, this is definitely working for me? I'm going to continue to do this or I'm going to adjust this. Like, what are you looking at that it's changing about you that it's helping you kind of just perform optimal? Um, are we talking about in general or in regards to exercise? Uh, I mean, I guess that would be two different, uh, in two different cases. So you yeah. can explain. So let's say technical, right? So let's say like with just in overall, do you see any kind of like increase in boost in work production or do you see this uh or is it only noticeable with the type of energy you have like at the gym okay so the reason why i asked that question because i'm really really big on numbers because uh-huh. numbers don't lie right? no. <laughs> like you know you're, you're you're the real estate game and right let's say you have an agent yeah. they can be the sweetest agent the best haircut smoothest personality best charisma in the world right they don't sell any homes, not selling any homes. That's so true. At the end of the day, it's what you sell. It is what it is. And yeah. then you could have another guy whose breath stinks, his hair is all over the place, you know, yeah. half his face is missing from something. Yeah. And he's just killing the city. Yeah. You can't whether you agree or disagree with his methods, yeah. you can't deny that what he's doing works. Right. Whether it's moral or not, yeah. he's producing some sort of result. True. So a book that really helped break this down is called Four Disciplines of Execution. And the man has a concept called um, the way how we measure goals is through every goal needs to have a starting line, so a clear start like we're beginning, a finish line, and then a deadline. And the way how those three work is that you need to have a clear starting line because I know a lot of these motivational videos on YouTube say stuff like, "Oh, just just do it," you know, just, do just don't have a plan, just yeah. you know, the plan will like the first one. No, no, that's not how it works. Especially not like you know, in business entrepreneurship. Yeah. True. You don't just like let's just say you want to flip a home. You don't yeah. you don't just go like I'll just do it. No, you need to have a plan. Like you need you go, you're gonna. Act, it's not that you're you're starting at the start. In fact, okay, I guess I see what they call it a starting line. Yeah. There's a starting line. There's a, there's a preparation line. Let, let's just call it that. Where you have to prepare to be ready to start, and then you start. Right. Yeah. So you have to define what is that things that I know that I'm ready to start. Like if you want to be a real estate agent, right. the starting line is getting your license. Correct. Then you could be an agent. True. If you want to flip a home, the starting line is. You know, getting capital, maybe even finding a deal, whatever you define that as. Yeah. Keyword here is defined. Right. Next comes the finish line. You need to have a clear metric or not metric, sorry, outcome yeah. to define like this is the end. So if your goal is like going back to real estate, if an agent goes like, okay, the finish starting line is getting my license. Finish line is doing fifty homes in a year. Yeah. I, I know that's a lot. It's <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> hey, it's it a is lot. what it is. It's good, it's good though. It's good. It's good to reach high because if you come in at least half of that, yeah, it'll be all right. Yeah, I mean, you'll be pretty fine. Yeah. So, yeah, even if it's 20 homes, like, that's something yeah. pretty decent. Yeah. So, let's just say their finish line is 20 homes sold yeah. and cleared right. by the end of the year, right? And then last but not least, and we're actually going to have to go into more detail because this, I think, is where 
I think this kills more people than anything. Yeah. And that's deadlines. Deadlines? <laughs> yeah. Because everybody has the wildest goals in the world. Like, if you think that you're special because, oh, I want to be a millionaire or I want to be a champion, like, yeah. you're not the only guy who wants to be a champion. No, it's very challenging out there. I think the difference in people who execute and don't is that they give themselves deadlines and they stick to those deadlines. Yes. I believe in milestones. Yeah. I believe that, because, uh, like, I, I do believe in, you know, actually, we do have a lot of deadlines. So I'd like to say that we don't, because I'm just like, I don't want to force anything on anybody. I don't want, you know, I don't want you to think that you have to meet a quota or anything. But personally, for myself, I set those deadlines for me like i have these goals that i need to reach by the end of the year so um so yeah and those goals that increase double in size every single year so for myself personally i think that that is true and i think that's why i've kind of you know i failed a ton of times so um and even here right now i don't even consider myself to be anything either i feel that i just like to i say that i'm going to do something i like to do it so um, one of the things that I do for myself is that even if I don't reach those milestones, if I, I mean, if even when I do reach those milestones, I feel like I'm not satisfied. I'm just like, ah, that was cake. The other day, somebody congratulated me for something that I accomplished, and it was super rude. I just should have just said thanks, but I was like, oh, it's no big deal. I'll see you on Sunday. Yeah. And no, no big deal. But yeah, deadlines is extreme, extreme, a lot, you know, it's, it is definitely key. Um, so, you know, when it comes to people and setting deadlines, one of the biggest issues that I feel that other people, and I think anybody else can attest to this, is that you'll start running into like, all right, well, I have this deadline. Now I need to solve for X. Um, you know, people don't want to solve for X in order to be like, okay, well, if I want to sell 20 homes, I need to make 20,000 connections, I need to, you know, call 10, 15, 20 people a day. And, you know, for me, it's easy because I'm really good at saying, like, understanding these numbers, like, hey, you know, if I can close on 2% of all the people that I touch, then I know that I'll, it'll equal out to X amount of sales for the year. Some people just don't have that ability to break that down into a science that they can reverse engineer and just be like, okay, I see what I need to do. So, like, when it comes to any kind of situation, how do you come up with, like, how do you attack a situation when it comes to, like, all right, I need to set goals. So, one of the problems that I have is that, like, eventually I want to get my black belt in jiu-jitsu, right? So, for me, I think one of the biggest problems is, is that I think I prioritize work a little bit more, just like you prioritize your career a little bit more. Um... But waking up in the morning at 4.30 and then working out, you know, how, how do you set those, like, how do I explain this? How do you set those goals? Or, like, how do you, like, all right, I'm going to work on my back. I'm going to work on my stamina. Like, how do you set those goals? Or how do you solve for an issue that, you know, you're coming, coming from work or anything? Yeah, so it sounds like in this situation it's, like, that. It, two different things that you could like aim for. Yeah. It's outcomes and then actions that produce those outcomes. And it's pretty much being able to differentiate between the two. Yeah. So you recognize like, okay, like you said, in order to sell 20 homes, I need to contact 20,000 people. Right. You know, in order to do this, I need to do that. You know, Pretty much cause and effect. Yeah. There's an effect that we're looking for and so many people get hung up on the effect they don't think about the cause. But if you actually attack the cause, yeah. the effects that you want are even greater are gonna come. And um, this actually, I got this uh, from the same book, Four Disciplines of Execution. Four Disciplines of Execution? Yes. I believe the author is Sean Covey. C-O-V-E-Y. Can, can you look that up, Eric? Yeah, I think, I think that's what it is. But Four Disciplines of Execution, right? He comes up with a concept which illustrates this well. It's called lead measures versus lag measures, right? Okay. So most people, when they set goals, they set lag measures. Those are measures which come after the fact. So if you say, I want to do... I don't know, 10 million in home sales, right, this yeah. year. If it's January 1st, 2020, you're not going to know if you hit that goal until either you hit it sometime in the year or it's, you know, 2021, if you're able to do it. Right. That after, By the time that measure actually shows itself, yeah. it's too late to do anything about it. Even in the gym, if you say, I want to be 10% body fat, 
By the time you're 10% body fat, or 15 or 20, it's, the timer's already passed. Yeah. Then you have to go back and rework to try to get to where you need to get to. And people like tend to like, especially in this world where we had access to the internet, yeah. and everything was just in your face, and by the way, disclaimer, just because something on the internet doesn't mean it's true. I don't care how credible the source looks, because Instagram makes that look so easy. Yeah. But with information out there, it's actually a skill to be able to differentiate between the right information. Yeah. And it's the right thing with um, actions, differentiate between the effective actions and then the ineffective actions. And that's where lead measures come in. Those are measures where if I do this X amount of times, it's going to end up producing this outcome. Or the reason why those, those are powerful is because they're actually predictable. Because the thing about lag measures, a lot of people actually don't recognize how powerful actions could be. Yeah. So they actually set a goal, but then they actually end up exceeding that goal because it's like, oh. And sometimes like they think, they underestimate, oh, it actually takes this much work. I don't just knock on 10 doors and find what I'm looking for. It might be 100, it might be 1,000. Right. Or maybe you actually look for 100 doors thinking it only produce X amount, but it produces like 100 times that. Right. So that's where lead measures come in, is what do I need to do to get here? Yeah. So using the body fat example, yeah. How many calories do I need to eat every day? I know what, what are my protein, fat, and carb splits for the day? How many times do I need to lift a week? How many, how many workouts do I need to do in a workout? It's yeah. things that you could do that produce results, and it's not something that happens after the fact. You know, you don't have to solve the problem. By the time you come in and go like, hey, you know, we yeah. lost thirty million dollars last quarter. <laughs> it's it's too late to do something about right, that. Right. Whereas if you go like, okay, we're gonna train our people. We're gonna do this. We're gonna develop these skills. We're gonna do these many contacts, we're going to go to these many prospects, we're going to prospect for these many people, right. we're going to define the cell funnel right. and put as many people into that cell funnel Correct. as you can. Correct. And so with lead lag measures, are it's very important to have those because yeah. that shows you how effective your stuff works. Right. If your goal is money, you need to have a dollar amount that you're looking for yep. so you know like, okay, maybe I actually don't need to approach a billion people, maybe just a thousand is okay. Yeah. And you know, but at the same time, you need to actually have more attention towards what are those actions that produce these? So instead of saying like, hey, I want to just get to 10% body fat, be like, okay, I'm going to lift three times this week. I'm going to limit myself to these amount of calories. Yeah. And I'm going to do these like 40% carbs, 30% protein, 30% fats. Yeah. And I'm going to get it from whole food sources okay. instead of like supplements or this or that. Those are things like I could actually go to the supermarket and do, do that. I could actually go to the gym and do that. I might even do that. I might actually end up getting 8% body fat yeah. as opposed to 10 so that concept of lead measures is like so many people get so caught up in what is the outcome yeah. that they don't think of what are the actions to lead to that. So I know that sounds really simple. Yeah. When, you, when you put it into practice and you, you actually pull out your goals, you're like, oh, wait, selling 20 homes a year is not going to happen if I don't prospect for these many people. So prospecting oh, yeah. is the lead measure, right. you know, cold calling or Facebook ads. Like, yeah. I don't, I'm not too in tune with how agents can do it, but whatever methods you have to reach right. those people, yeah. that's what's going to lead to that outcome. Yeah. But a lot of people get caught up in, okay, what's the outcome I want? And then another thing too I hate about <laughs> how like a lot of uh, kids are taught is like, oh, you're entitled to things just because you're you. Like, yeah. no, that's not how it works. You're entitled to things that you put in the work. Okay? You don't just get to go out there and like, oh, I have a college degree. Like, yeah, but what have you done? You know? Yeah. Oh, I have a real estate license. Yeah, but what are you capable of doing? Right. Oh, I have five years work experience. Yeah, what did you do in those five years? Right. There's some people who do more in one month. In, in their in their work environment that yeah. some people do in ten years that's not even a joke right you know so it's like coasting yeah like what actions are you able to define yeah. to create those outcomes yeah consistently and predictably no that's uh, those are that's really good that you said that uh, and same you know I uh, I I reverse engineer I reverse engineer what I need to do instead of saying like yeah I'm gonna sell twenty houses I never say I'm gonna sell twenty houses I just do what needs to be done in practice until I reach that goal. But breaking it down like that is uh, definitely a good way instead of just saying, you know what, and especially for people in these new years, and I've seen so many people in my network and my touch that, you know, they've been having the same New Year's resolution for like the past five years. Yeah. You know, and then nothing changes. And it's just like a goal. But then instead of saying, like you mentioned, oh, I'm going to lose 50 pounds this year, say, oh, you know what, I'm going to at least run every Friday, I'm going to do this. Instead of saying, oh, I'm going to you know, lose however much weight, I think that just leads to failure because if you don't even know what steps to take next, it's game over. Do you work out when, uh, your, in your career, do you work a lot with, uh, do you work a, lot with uh, a lot of people or are you usually on your own? Are you into teamwork? Yeah, I think teamwork is actually, 
I'm going to take it a step further and say leadership. Okay. Because I am a book junkie, and one of my favorite books is Extreme Ownership. Yeah. I actually, yeah, I read and listened to that book. It was for my 22nd birthday. Okay. And it really changed my perspective because a lot of times what, what I, before I read that book, what I was taught about leadership is, okay, it's just about pretty much being a boss, like creating a system for people to just follow and make yeah. sure they follow it. Right. And I'm like, that's not 100% wrong. You know, yeah. there's some truth in that, that you have to create a foundation. Right. You have to create a structure. You know, you have to make sure that people are following that structure. Right. But the deeper element you talked about was ownership, like in the title. Yeah. In that, this might like he calls it extreme ownership for a reason. Yeah, that if anything goes wrong, yeah. it's the leader's fault. Of One of my favorite concepts in that book is there's no such thing as bad teams. There's only bad leaders. That makes total sense. And you might be like, but wait, 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 wait. But this team has this idiot here. And I'm like, why did the leader let the idiot on the team? That's so true. The, idiot, the leader needs to let the idiot go. That's yeah, true. but they, well, the leader needs to take care of that. You know, yeah. taking ownership. Yeah. And I think leadership is not. It's not being a boss. It's not being the number one guy, the CEO. Yeah. Even the janitor could be a leader. Like, you know, making yeah. sure things are in place. Like, it's not even a child be a leader yeah. to their parents. It's not about like, oh, I'm above you. It's more like, okay, I'm going to send an example. I'm going to take ownership. It's not necessarily that like it's my fault, yeah. but it's like I'm taking ownership to solve this problem. Right. To do something. And solve the problem means you solve the problem. Exactly. Not identify the problem and be like, I did a good job. You solve the issue. Exactly. So taking ownership to be like, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to do this. And yeah. tying that back to teamwork yeah. and like in terms of career, it's like, it's kind of a mix. It's, it's like, mostly I do work with people, but it's also like when I'm working with them, it's not just about like, okay, you do this or you do that or I'll do this. Or like, like I, I wouldn't necessarily say like, it's, it's, it's a job. Like, it's like, okay, your job is to clean the tables and that's it. Yeah. It's deeper than just a job. It's yeah. like, no, your responsibility is to make sure this is done all the time. Whether you're the one doing it or not, make sure it's done. Right. And that sometimes means jumping into areas which is not your job. Right. But hey, <laughs> if you're going to solve the problem, you solve the problem. If yeah. you need to clean up the toilet because the janitor is sick, yeah. you got to clean up the it. toilet. You if you see it. a wrapper on the ground and the janitor is not there, well, guess what? We don't have to wait for the janitor to come. Let's just pick up the wrapper. Exactly. You know? And exactly. you jump into different departments, whether you, like, you might feel you're ready or not. Because yeah. if there's anything that I... I'm not going to say can't stand. That's a bit strong of a word, but... The, not that's anything wrong with people who are like into academics and you know professors and stuff. Yeah, there's a place and like you know people who are very educated mm -hmm. have their um, place and they really help society a lot. Right. But what you find with a lot of academics is that a lot of them are theoretical. It's like okay, <laughs> this is what I learned in school, yeah. and they would give you no solutions. They'll just tell you all the reasons why it won't work. Why would that work? Well, according to this theory, you know that's yeah. why. And I'm like, okay, guy, <laughs> we get it. You have a PhD. Yeah. Okay, how will we solve the issue? Yes. You know? Versus there's some people who are not even educated, they didn't even finish high school, but they're you know going out there, they're hustling and they're they're just you know cutting everything down. Yeah. yeah. No, it is what it yeah, is. So it's it like is. that that concept of like working with a team and leadership, it's yeah. like you're taking responsibility and then you're taking ownership. Yeah. And you're making sure like, hey, we're gonna get this done. Now that's a good uh, that's also good to keep in mind all the time, especially if you're working. You know, some sometimes what's stopping you from getting that promotion is that they're obviously not seeing leadership in you, any type of leadership in you. Um, you know, taking it back to my nine to five days, you know, I would see people that were so comfy in their position and uh, when anything would pop up, they'd be like, oh, well, it's not my job. This is not my job to do this. I don't need to do it. It's not my job. This is not what I get paid for, right? So um, I think, I honestly think that some people are just, not aware like they just don't have self-awareness and they don't see like they let's say for example somebody continues to apply for that promotion and they never get it and they're always like saying well you know they uh they're even they're being prejudiced or you know they just don't like me personally or they're jealous because they think that i'm going to overthrow them or whatever um, but they're keeping me down. But at the end of the day, you kind of, if you can kind of reevaluate yourself, those same people are the ones saying, uh, well, it's not my job to do that. Or I'm not going to, you know, come in on my off day and, you know, take care of what the other person, you know, that got sick, whatever. So even in that, I think that's some a good way to, to look at situations. So if you take extreme ownership, uh, Wilco, right? Jocko Willis. Jocko Willis. Did we find that book? Did we put it on there? Did we share it? Yes, we can right now. 
just just dropping in front of there very fast for them to see. Fantastic. Put the author on there so we will not get in trouble. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what are your what are your plans? What are your what are your goals? What are you trying to get accomplished soon? Soon, let's see. Something that I'm really focused on right now is trying to find like words to put it in. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is gonna sound like very fluffy and very cheesy. Yeah. But it's really the having more empathy towards people. Okay. Because especially people who are goal oriented. Yeah. And who like, like we know like these things. We have an idea of how to do things. Yeah. Everybody has their strengths and weaknesses, and everybody has a way they can contribute. Not everybody's gonna be able to wake up at 4.30 in the morning and just go for 20 hours straight. Right. Not everybody is going to be able to talk to a group of people and make them their best friends immediately. Yeah. Not everybody is going to be able to go out there and knock on doors and take rejection over and over to right. create business, you know? Right. Everybody has their role, which is why it's a team. Everybody has their role to play. And sometimes, this is kind of weird, but it's important to be aware of what we're good at yeah. and own that. Because I know a lot of times there's this mentality that Oh, like, if, if you say anything good about yourself, you're arrogant or cocky. Yeah. But you have to recognize when you're good at things so you know, like, okay, this is my skill. I right. can't expect everybody to operate like this. Yeah. Like, if you know that you're a speed demon and you do things super fast, well, guess what? Not everybody does it that fast. Right. If you're a smart person, well, guess what? Not everybody's as smart as you. Right. And knowing that, okay, these are the strengths I have for two reasons. One, is how I'm able to apply it. And then yeah. two, this is how I'm able to um, show empathy towards others. And then build those human connections so you could create outcomes together. That's really like something which I know that it's not necessarily my strongest suit. Yeah. And I need to do a much better job at. You know? What part you have to make a better part on? I mean, sure, being able to like use empathy oh, to create outcomes. Gotcha. And the team and setting. Because yeah, yeah. everybody like has their strength. Yeah. Instead of going like, oh, you can't understand that? What's wrong with you? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Being like, okay, well. That's not their strengths, yeah. so here's your assignment instead. Right. Or like, let's just do this, or let's work this way, or let's solve the problem like this. Yeah. So that's really like, it's not even re like recently. It's, it's a goal I've been I've had like over a year now. Okay. As I started learning more about, oh, you know, this is how people pay their bills. This is how they put their kids in school. This yeah. is how they do this and that. So in that regard, it's like, I need to do a better job understanding like, oh, I don't have kids, but that doesn't mean that I shouldn't be able to relate to the fact that right. this person has a kid. This person's married. This person has a home to go to. This person's stressed out because their kid's having behavior problems. You yeah. know? So instead of being like, oh, well, you're not tough. You know? yeah. It's like, oh, wait, wait, slow it down. You know? yeah. How could I do this better? How could we yeah. solve this issue? How could we work together as a team? Because yeah. a lot of times like, I have this bad habit of like, oh, well, you guys are not going to do this? Then I'll just go do it by myself. Yeah. I'm able to do it by myself. But there's an African proverb that I really heard recently that made me remember that that's not going to work forever. And it's, it goes like this. If you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Hmm. And if I want to go far with people, I have to be able to relate to them better. Yeah. So that's pretty much has been my number one goal for a while. So that doesn't have a deadline. That's just ongoing. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Right? Yeah. <laughs> really, really, the process of learning and yeah. goal setting really doesn't it's have a. It's really you deciding. Okay, okay, I'll stop now. But. Yeah. Um, man, I I was gonna. I was going to mention something you reminded me of while you were telling me that was, uh, you know, you mentioned working in a team and when it comes to real estate, there's two sides, right? So if, like when it comes to real estate, working at an agency, uh, you can either work with like a team and you kind of, you guys divide the work into your strengths. And then usually the most common way to do it is to just go at it by yourself. Um, so... I see a lot of times that when you try it by yourself, you kind of try everything, which then leads you to being a jack of all trades, which then leads to confusion of what you actually do, right? Because it seems like they still haven't decided what it is that they wanted to do. So um, I was just, I was just, don't be a jack of all trades. That's pretty much what I'm trying to say here. And he reminded me of it. Just don't do it. <laughs> but uh, so your goal is to do that. Uh, what about with jujitsu? Do you ever plan to come back to uh, jujitsu training and 
kind of continue to rank higher? Yeah, I've been um, coming back like training once a week, doing an open night here and there. It's not the same like in college where I was doing like two to four times a day, yeah. but it's still like something I keep in mind. And I do plan on you know, coming back to competition and eventually getting the black belt. Yeah. Right now I am a purple belt. Right. I haven't competed since May of 2018. Okay. But it's like, it was a decision I made. Like, I don't yeah. want the jiu-jitsu, especially in jiu-jitsu. Those guys are like, oh, excuses. It's like, yeah. no, it's not an excuse. Decided. It's a calculated decision. <laughs> it was a tough decision, but I made it anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, like, that's something which I do believe in finishing what you started. Right. I do believe in, like, okay, you know, I got my white belt. I got my blue, got my purple. Why not finish? Right. Especially since it's quicker to go from, not maybe not quicker. Most people say it's easier to go from purple to black than it is to go from blue to purple. Because oh. by the time you get a purple belt, you have so many foundations and basics down that it's really just about refining your game. Yeah. So it's like, once a week is not ideal, but it's better than nothing. Right. You know, Doing a tournament a couple of times a year is not ideal, yeah. but it's better than not competing at all. Because that's something which has built such a solid foundation. I'm like, I have to see it through to the end. I have yeah. to. And not really the end, see it through to the beginning, because the black belt's where it really begins. You know? right. <laughs> so I got, I got to see it through to like, okay, you know, get the knowledge. That's something which, you know, I've been actively working. Yeah. You know, still like training my body, still training once a week. Right. Going out there sometimes twice a week. Oh, yeah. You know, so something I still do. Still a paradigm? Yeah, still a paradigm. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I still go when I make. Man, but I need to get to that point where I'm like, you know, so for example, I, I like to time block in the morning. So like at 9 a.m. I like to make these, I like to make my prospecting calls. And I would literally be like, no, no, I, I will like turn off my phone, which I can't because I'm using it to make calls. Uh, but you know, I won't answer any emails, nothing. Um, I feel like I need to do that for, uh, for jujitsu. It's just, it becomes harder when it's like stressful on your body and then getting whooped and, uh, and tapped out, which some more than others, <laughs> you know? So, uh, but you know, when you, when you find a solution, right? So like, for example, for me, uh, I found a solution that, so actually I was actually talking to my wife today that I'm gonna start going at uh, the 12, there's a 12 p.m. class on Mondays and Wednesdays that, you know, I can't use getting out of work late as an excuse. I can just time block that hour and you know don't worry about traffic because it's at 12 and still make it back here so that's kind of one of the problem that one of the solutions to that problem and i was actually going to start implementing that on monday um but then you know every time you find a solution you get more problems so anytime that you know let's say you conquer something do you kind of foresee new problems coming? Do you prepare yourself for that, or do you, uh, or like, how, how kind of, how do you prepare for the next, the next situation or the next thing? Yeah. So, one thing that really helps me in that regard mm -hmm. is, for one, what you said is a reality. Yeah. Deal with it, <laughs> which is if you solve a problem, you're just really opening up new problems. You're upgrading your problems. But problems are always going to be there. If you don't have any money, that's a problem. If you do have a lot of money, you're going to have different sets of problems. Yeah. So it's really choosing your problems wisely and choosing, like, okay, am I willing to deal with this problem? Because you're always going to have problems. Right. There's no such thing as a problem-free life. Right. And then in terms of, what was, what was the second part you said? So, like, how do you, you, I'm guessing you're already kind of mentally prepared for that, for a new problem. Yeah. Once you find a solution to, like, how I found a solution to Yeah. Going during lunch, yeah, right. Which then the next problem becomes, well, then I'm not going to be here during the you know post yeah. lunch hours, so that becomes my next problem. But I kind of I already see that as a problem coming up, so I'm going to have to better prepare, as in like make sure that I can kind of correlate a good time with Eric that he's going to be here during the office. Yeah. So you know I already see that happening in the future starting on Monday so like are those things that you kind of already expect or you know I've seen so many times where some people take risks so like mine are my risks are very calculated you know I um, and I'm sorry that I'm kind of going off, off rent here but it's so based on this what I'm saying um, so whew, wow lost my train of thought so 
risk to calculate? Yeah, so the risk that I take is calculated because let's say, you know, before I even got the op before we opened the office here, um, I knew that I'm gonna sign a three-year lease. I knew that I needed to make X amount to keep the doors open. So like, yeah, I took the risk, but I already had enough saved that if, you know, things start going south, I'll be able to bail myself out. And then you have some people that take that risk and then they don't even think about like, well, for example, like you mentioned in the beginning, you were like, you know, you can do whatever you want. You're entitled to anything you want. And some people do, you know, some people take hundreds of thousands of dollars on school loans, not thinking that they're gonna graduate and not have a job, right? That becomes a huge problem. So like, do you anticipate these problems before or uh, do you, when you do you take calculated risk before even jumping into trying to solve that problem that you have? That yeah, you, you have to calculate everything. Yeah. And you have to know that there's no such thing as risk-free right. going to school. <laughs> there's a bunch of people who wanted to go into finance and law, yeah. and the 2008 crash happened. Boom. You know? Yeah. <laughs> All those years. Real estate as well. Yeah, real estate as well. Yeah. They're just so, you know what? There's some guy who was trying to flip a home, yeah. and then the day before, Closing yeah. was the day the market crashed. Oh. <laughs> you know, those things happen. Yeah. So you have to know that, hey, the risk is always there. Yeah. And then also knowing that there are very, very few things in life that you can't come back from. Yeah. Like, the only thing in life you actually can't come back from yet is death. You know? Right. And we don't know yet because, you know, with some sort of... Well, some, well, like, yeah, some people <laughs> believe. Some, yeah. Yeah, yeah. some did, some did. Yeah. I don't know. We can't prove it. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. really, like, any sort of mistake you make. Yeah. Because, like, any problem that's coming now... It sounds like the main question is like the mindset, the approach, or like how to like approach those problems. Yeah. One thing I always tell myself whenever I'm taking a risk is expect the best, but prepare for the worst. And right. the key word here is preparation. Because yeah. you can never fully plan for things. So like one rule I have, I always take my work stuff with me whenever I'm going to meet with somebody, no matter what. Yeah. Because I'm expecting us to have a good time to connect. Right. But people flake. People cancel at last minute. And if they do, I don't be like, dang, you know. I spent an hour doing this. I'm waiting for them now. Like, no, well, I have my work stuff. Right. I'm going to get work done, you know? That's smart. So that's, in terms of, like, calculating risks, yeah. that's something which I do, like, because problems are always going to be there. Right. And going back, we, we mentioned earlier about procrastination. Yeah. How are you delaying making a decision until you're forced to make one? Right. This is the flip side of that. So if you choose to make a decision early and not procrastinate, the problem you now have is now you're aware and you have the time to prepare for the problems that are coming. Right. When you're procrastinating, it's last minute, and you got to think, and then you got to just deal with the problems. Right. When you have time, and because our brains as human beings are so advanced, yeah. we're actually able to think about the past and actually, to an extent, foresee the future and think about the future. Because of that, that's why people like they just stay overthinking, and it's kind of a blessing and a curse. Yeah. So. My main thing is going back to what I think is one of the most powerful things you could do with the brain, yeah. and that is decision making. That's true. When it's like, okay, these are the problems I foresee. What am I going to do? Well, if you decide to go to jujitsu, you've already made that decision on Monday. Right. Well, what are you going to decide to do with that time you're not going to be here? Like you mentioned, how Eric could be here, or yeah. somebody else could be here, right. or maybe that those days are just going to be your manager days as opposed to doing days, right. and you're going to overload that work on Tuesday, Thursday when you're going to be here. There are many different decisions you can make, right. but the, when you make a decision and you start foreseeing problems, I think it's just as simple as keep making more decisions, yeah. and then like just know that things can, especially like in business entrepreneurship, yeah. things are going to go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Not all the time, yeah. but it's going to happen. All the time, almost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, no, actually, you know what? Yeah, like, things are almost never... I actually can't remember the last time in my life things went exactly as planned. Yeah. I literally can't remember the last time where it was like, oh, I was supposed to do, meet this person or do this, have this project. Yeah. It either went, went a lot better than I thought yeah. or worse than I thought. But never is it like, oh, you know, going by the script. So I don't even focus so much on having orchestrated plans. Yeah. I don't do this stuff of, oh, let me just follow my heart and not think. No. Yeah, no. Use your brain, have <laughs> right. a plan. Right. But I'm, I'm more focused on preparations yeah. in terms of the outcomes. I'm, yeah. I like to use statistics like, okay, What's the probability that this could happen? Yeah. How much effort should I put to preparing for that? Yeah. You know, like there's always a probability when I get in my car that I get into a nasty accident. Yeah. But like the probability is pretty low, so I don't have to sit down all day and night thinking about it. Yeah. Whereas if I go meet somebody new, there's a probability it will not work out. Yeah. So in that regard, it's like okay, I need to put more effort into preparing for that outcome. Right. So the key word I think is preparing, yeah. and I think it's really about having the decision making ability down pat. Like okay. These are problems that might arise. 
here's here's how I'm deciding to go about this. And then, you know, as time comes, yeah. I'm gonna make the decisions as I need to make them. Huh. No, yeah, make so that's so aware. Uh, speaking of that, what how do you feel about automation on you know, like so the probability of us getting into a car accident is super low. So this is completely a curveball here, but so what do you think of you know, Elon Musk and automation kind of taking over and having automated cars kind of controlling, having control over our life and driving. Do you think you think AI is good for people or do you think that they should kind of slow down and chill out? Well, um, truth is I'm not too, um, it's not like I did too much research in that area. Yeah. I know a little bit about it, but in that regard, there was, I remember there was a comment that, man made to me recently yeah which he makes that concept make a lot of sense that people are so afraid of the ai revolution and losing their jobs and this and that yeah and he said that this is kind of a controversial comment but i'll just repeat what he said yeah. labor by itself has never had any actual value yeah. there was a time it took 10 men to till an acre of land yeah. and then some smart guy realized all it takes is one man and an oxen yeah. and they pushed the other nine men out of work right and he finished it by saying don't hate the oxen adapt or die Right. And that's really what I use to like think through things. It's like, okay, if these billion dollar companies are gonna be investing into AI, it's gonna come. Yeah, it's gonna come. <laughs> it's gonna change things. Yeah. And it's not really much you or I could really do about it. Right. So we could either sit down and cry about it and be afraid that we're gonna lose our jobs, or we could adapt. Yeah. We could try to do something about it. And it's always that risk that I robot might happen. But it's like, hey, it is what it is. Right. You know? Because yeah. if, if cars could drive themselves, I mean, some intelligent hacker could hack into the car and make you like drive off a bridge. True. And it's a malfunction. Like, true. You know? That's so true. it's like. But well, somebody yeah. can also drink alcohol and drive drunk, yeah. which is almost, I want to say, the probabilities are almost the same. Yeah. I, I always think that, you know, like, I, I never challenge anything that new that's new. I, I like to, I like change. I feel like anytime there's any type of change, I feel like there's growth in change. So if a machine is made to drive, it will do it better than any other driver. So because it's programmed to do like to do that. So that's how I feel about AI. Like like you, I didn't inform myself a lot, but I know that this is a pretty hot topic right now with like automation, you know, and people losing their jobs. So adapt is definitely the key word when yeah. uh, when you're you know talking about it. And I think that people, like, well, nobody's special. This is not the first time automation is happening. Right. You know, technology has been changing so forever. Right. It's just way more in our faces now than it was before right. on a much bigger scale. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you, uh, are you subscribed to any kind of, like, TV subscriptions? I don't really watch TV. Okay, good. Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, I mentioned, like, Disney Plus and all that stuff, taking people's uh, attention away from what they really need to do. But I figured you didn't watch TV, so... Um, so yeah, man, Jingle, uh, what, what else do you, do you have going on now? And like, where can, before we head out, let me do a little closeout here so we can use this a little later. Um, guys, I'm here with Jingo, uh, lives here in Houston, very cool guy, very wise, uh, disciplined, and he'll give you a hell of a role as well. Um, guys, check out City Inside Houston. Um, you know, if you're spending money on rent, it's probably time to stop burning your money and start building equity into a new home, right? Um, so even if you decide that you want to that you want to move somewhere, at the end of the day, let's say the market is not at its, its best, you're going to get something back instead of burning through fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a year. So uh, check us out at cdinsighthouston.com if you're ever uh, if you're just interested, you just need a consult. Uh, we got the best guys here at City Inside Houston and girls to help you guys out. And uh, Jingo, yeah, where can where you said you mentioned Instagram? Where yeah. else are you more active? Because I don't know exactly. Uh, other than what I've seen you, where are you more engaged at? Like, what social media are you on there, or are you on all of them? No, Instagram is going to be the name. The place. Of okay. All right. Cool, Let's man. So, what you got for this weekend? This weekend is going to be more about just relaxing, you know, getting ready for the week ahead. Yeah. Yeah, because it's a holiday coming up. Yeah. Holiday season is really crunch time. Yeah. Because you have Christmas and you have New Year's, you have Thanksgiving. Right. So outside of those days, it's like we're trying to get things done. You yeah. know, a lot of salespeople are trying to hit their quotas. So. Right. 
Yeah, just focusing on finishing the decade strong. Gotcha. The decade. That's insane. 2020 going big. Oh my god, I got so many goals too. Uh, Austin, I think, is next for me. But uh, yeah, do you? Since we're talking about weekend, just relaxing. How do you feel about kind of recovering? You know, like, are you? We talked about sleep, right? But do you do anything else, like float tanks, or take any kind of herbs, or any kind of meditation that you do to kind of just space out a little bit and stop thinking? Which is a huge problem for me because. I'm wired to where like I'm constantly going. Even when I'm like sleeping, I feel like I don't get enough sleep because I'm always thinking about something that needs to be done. Yeah. So in terms of that, I mean that's a lot, you know, because yeah. like if it was just like physical recovery, like this mobility training, yeah. sleep, of course, eating the right foods, yeah, meditation. I make it a point to meditate at least twice a day for ten yeah. minutes, typically in the morning and the afternoon. Sometimes in the evening. Okay. Um, another big one is socializing. <laughs> yeah. Especially like when you're very driven and you have goals, mm -hmm. you forget that there are people in your life who love and care about you. That's so true. And making time for them is critical because yeah. the more and more I do this, the more I'm like, wait, <laughs> I'm seeing guys who are like 70, literally in their 70s, and they're yeah. going like hard. <laughs> like yeah. they're like, they're going to anti-aging stuff. Like, and they're doing a good job. They're going to the gym and they're just yeah. going like, life hard. Right. right. And when I look at them, I'm like, that's like 50 years from now, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, that means this doesn't stop. Right. It's always going to be, it doesn't matter how, like, there's always going to be another goal to do. Yeah. So just like I said, scheduling time and making blocks. Right. Scheduling time to actually be with people just to be around them and enjoy right. their company. Cause you know, your, your psych also needs that too. Cause if you don't yeah. like, who knows, you might become a psychopath or something. Yeah. Cause like, I remember last weekend what I did, um, my little sister came in town, yeah. spent the day with her and we went to go visit our niece. She's a little girl, like, seven years old. Okay. And we just spent time with her. And while I was with her, I was like, you know, I'm not thinking about all the responsibilities I have. I'm just enjoying my time, yeah. you know? So I think that that's also very important to recovery, too. Check and out. especially when you have goals, like, it's so easy to think that you have to be on 24-7. Yeah. It's like, no, the brain, literally, the brain needs to relax. And it literally, when it's relaxing, yeah. it's actually something that school doesn't teach. School teaches you how to, like, take in information, how to throw it back out on a paper and I'll, I'm going to give schools credit because usually I give colleges, you know, a hard time. Yeah. They're actually teaching kids how to actually apply those in the real world more and they're doing a better job at that. Yeah. But school doesn't teach you how to actually digest the information because huh. even when you're eating food, you actually need to digest it when you're right. in a resting state. You're not going to be running and lifting and then digesting. That's not how the body works. Right. You know, you actually have to be relaxed, calm down, focus, yeah. and then the body digests. So likewise, the brain does the same thing. Hmm. When you learn new information, it's literally making neural connections as you're relaxing and as you're resting, as you're not focused on it. So you actually need that time off. And it, it feels like you're not being productive. Yeah. But for <laughs> you smart guys, just know that your brain is actually making those connections in your downtime. So go play with your kids or something. Right. Or, you know. Yeah. Whatever. And, I, and uh, I'm glad that you keep your appointments, man. I, I try to socialize, too, as much. Uh, we, we actually took a class not too long ago. Um, and it was about kind of rejuvenating your connections with people in your circle. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, if you don't work with them, you don't really get to see your friends or anything like that. Unless it's one of those relationships where you like see each other all the time. But other than that, you know, with me, I'm super busy that I'm hanging out with my wife or that's, that's it. You know, <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. And uh, I try to fit in as much time as I can to meet up with somebody. So the other day, man, uh, I know we connected and then we met up. Uh, I appreciate you coming now and, uh, you know, keeping your appointments. Usually that doesn't happen. Sometimes when, like, um, you know, we have a mutual decision that we're going to meet on a certain day, somebody always flakes out because either they found something better to do or they just got lazy for the rest after work and decided not to come out. So uh, I appreciate you, man. Is there anything you would like to say, showcase, anything you got working on that we, we could come check out, anything we can uh, we can support you in or any kind of, even if it's not about you, maybe something that you are into a uh, nonprofit or something that we can support on your behalf. Mm, right now I can't really think of something off the top of my head. Yeah. Yeah, just been, just focused on growing as a person and that's you know, just bringing more outcomes, that's possible outcomes, not only in my life, but in you know, people I work with, people yeah. I care about. 
So I'm just focused on improving as a person, so I can't really think of one. Cool. But hey, down the line, you know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we I'll put the something. plug in there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Jingo, hey man, I appreciate you coming in and uh, talking with us. You're super wise, and the discipline shows. Uh, guys, follow him on Instagram, I promise you. Uh, you're gonna feel like a fat lazy fuck. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, excuse me, guys, but check him out. Very motivating. Uh, Jingo, thanks. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Guys, y'all stay cool. <clears throat> Stop the stream. <laughs>